You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. To the Jews, he gave all of that. Out of them, I want the whole world to hear about me, to know about me, to recognize me, and to follow me. And I'm going to give them everything they need. I'm going to send them prophets, and I'm going to send them priests, and I'm going to give them the temple, and I'm going to even give them my son. So awesome. What a job. But the Jews resented, rebelled, and rejected God's favor and God's gift. Have you ever felt unprepared to accomplish the task you've been asked to do? Like you just didn't know enough or have the right skills to do what you need to? As Pastor Dion explains in today's teaching, God had a big plan for the Jews, His chosen people. He wanted them to be His representatives to the world, and God gave them everything they needed to accomplish this. However, Pastor Dion explains that the Jews resented and rejected God's gift because they wanted to go their own way, follow their own plan. Now here's Pastor Dion in the book of Luke chapter 21 with today's edition of The Simple Truth. Well guys, we're in Luke chapter 21. You can find that chapter. Uh, I want to start by saying I am more than a preacher. I hope you know that. I love preaching. I do preach to you often. But I like to believe that I'm more than a preacher. I like to believe that I'm a Bible teacher as well. Because I don't want you to just hear a message. You know, just come and hear and listen and, and get a message. I want you to see and understand the big picture. Everybody say that out loud. The what? The big picture. As Christians, I think that it's important not that we just hear a message and we hear about Jesus' life, but that we also get the big picture. It's important. See, God has an agenda, a plan that He is working. And it's important for me that you see that. You see that God has a big plan, an agenda, a purpose that He's been working from the very beginning so that we can find our part in it and then, of course, do whatever is required of us. You know, because God has that agenda and that plan that He's working and He's invited us to be part of history, part of His story. Look at your neighbor and say, to be part of it. So are you ready this morning for the big picture? That was like maybe 4%. Are you ready for the big picture? All right, all right. Here we go. The Old Testament is the history of God's chosen people. We know that. The Old Testament is the history of where and when God called His chosen people the Jews. Everybody say that out loud. What are they? Who are they? The Jews. The Jews are a race that God chose by love and grace for relationship. He chose them for relationship. He chose them by grace. Not because they were special. Not because they were gifted. Not because they were more numerous than all the other nations. Not because they showed more potential than anyone else. In fact, the complete opposite is true. But God chose them just simply by grace. Those ones. I'm going to choose those ones. It was just His favor. In His grace. That's what it is. He just chose them, so I'm going to choose them. Those are the ones that I want to grace. The ones I want to put my hand upon. And so He chose them for a particular person. 
He chose them just because He wanted to, but He chose them so that they would be the spiritual tree that the world could eat from. He chose the Jews so that they could reflect Him to the rest of the world. So they would be that spiritual tree that the world could eat from. The tree which God could distribute His salvation from. So in the beginning, God said, those are the people. I'm going to put my hand upon those people. Those are the nation of people, the Jews, that I'm going to use to touch the rest of the world, to reflect me, to entice people, to follow me. That's the nation that I'm going to use, the Jews. And God, what He did, He asked them, the Jews, to be faithful and fruitful. Say those two words, faithful and fruitful. That's what he said, I have a plan for you, an agenda. I'm choosing you by grace to be a reflection of me. All I'm asking is you be faithful and fruitful. And then God equipped the Jews for success so that they could be faithful and fruitful. God gave the Jews the law, the temple. God gave them the Scriptures. God gave them the prophets. And God even gave them, everybody say it out loud, His what? His Son. Say it out loud. His Son. To the Jews, He gave all of that. Out of them, I want the whole world to hear about me, to know about me, to recognize me, and to follow me. And I'm going to give them everything they need. I'm going to send them prophets, and I'm going to send them priests, and I'm going to give them the temple, and I'm going to even give them my Son. It's so awesome. What a job. But the Jews resented, rebelled, and rejected God's favor and God's gifts. They wanted to live la vida loca. If you know what I mean. Idolatry, immorality, indifference. That's what they wanted to live. That's what they chose. Thank you for all that, but you know we want to do this. So they rejected the gifts God gave them. The Jews rejected the prophets. They stoned many of them, murdered others. They rejected Jesus, and they rejected salvation. In fact, in just a couple of chapters, we're going to hear them say about Jesus, crucify Him and let His blood be upon us and upon our children. Everybody say, wow. They rejected God's gifts. The Jews refused to be faithful and fruitful. And they provoked God to anger. That's what the Scripture says. They provoked God to anger. Because of their disobedience and rebellious rejection, God said that they would be disciplined. Everybody say that word. What? Discipline. Or, here's what He said. Jesus said, there's what? Judgment coming. So He chooses these people. He gives them a purpose. He gives them a plan. He equips them to do it. But they reject it. And so because of that, and because it's so rebellious and so defiant, God says, "All right, I'm going to send judgment. And Jesus announces that. And we talked about it at the beginning of that. Judgment is coming. Say it out loud again. Judgment is coming. We read the passage of Scripture where Jesus revealed that God is going to execute His discipline or His judgment in stages or in doses. And the reason God does that, in other words, He's not just going to slam them right away. He is going to give the judgment kind of in waves. And in, it's in hopes that you know, it will jar the Jews into realizing what they're doing and how they're wayward and that they will return and repent to the Lord. 
And so that's what he's doing. In fact, Jesus talked about this judgment coming in waves. And the first thing, the first judgment that's going to happen is God will move away. He, Jesus said, the house, this house will be left to you desolate. In other words, God is going to take His presence, is going to take His hand off the Jews from that temple, and He is going to remove it. He is going to move away. He is going to remove His physical presence, His tangible presence from and over the Jews and move away. I mean, that's the first thing Jesus says. And you'd think the Jews would just be totally bummed, but they don't get it. So Jesus ends up giving them, here's another wave of judgment that's going to happen. Here's something else that's going to take place. He says, the temple will be destroyed. The temple will be destroyed. In fact, Jesus said, not one stone will be left upon another of this temple. It is going to be totally demolished. It's going to be totally destroyed. The rocks are going to be thrown over. Not one rock left upon another. And hopefully the Jews then would say, oh, we have missed it. We've made a mistake. We repent. But Jesus goes on and says, but the judgment will continue because the Jews are so hard-hearted, their judgment is going to continue. And here's the next one. He says what's going to happen to the Jews. Jews will be put on what? Time out. Say it again. On what? Time out. The Apostle Paul explained it like this. I guess I should explain time out. It would be like a child that's being rebellious and rambunctious and will not respond to discipline. And you tell them, you're going to be put on time out. We're going to take you out of the environment, out of the event. We're going to put you in the corner. You are going to stay there until you learn something. Or you're going to go to your room. You are going to be taken out of the family unit, out of the situation, out of what's happening, and you are going to be separated. All right, so that's what's going to happen to the Jews. First of all, he says, God's going to remove his hand and his presence from you. Secondly, your temple is going to be destroyed, and it was in 70 AD. And thirdly, you are going to be put on time out, separated from everything else. Put on detention or suspension. The Apostle Paul explained it like this in Romans chapter 11, verse 8. Let's read it. As the Scriptures say, God has put them, the Jews, into a deep sleep. Will they be there permanently? Of course not. They were disobedient, so God made salvation available to the Gentiles. Everybody say the Gentiles. So here's what we got. God has a timeline. God has a timeline, alright? In one aspect of the timeline, we can say the Old Testament is about the Jews, alright? And so, here's what God did for the Jews. He gave them the law. He gave them His presence. He gave them the Scriptures. He gave them the prophets. And even more than that, He gave them Everybody say it, His Son. Everybody say it out loud. His what? His Son. He gave them all of that so that they could reflect Him, so that they would be a tool that would invite and reflect God to all the other nations of the world. He gave them all that, but they rejected it. Everybody say rejected. So He said, what's going to happen is you're going to be put on a time out and actually what he's going to do is he's going to extend them some time over here. They're going to be brought back into the picture. But for now, they're going to be left at a time out. 
God was dealing with the Jews throughout the entire Old Testament. He gave them all those things, law, the prophets, the scriptures, His presence, and they rebelled against all of it. As They gave Him His Son and they rebelled against Him. So God put the Jews on the time out and He dealt with them and He'll again deal with them in the end of days. We're going to call it seven years. Seven years of tribulation and we'll talk about it more. But for right now, they're on time out. During this period of suspension or detention, God found another people to grace. So He said, you guys are going to be on time out, but He found somebody else to show, to put His hand upon, to put His Spirit upon, to touch, to work with, so that they could reflect, so they could take up the job that the Jews refused to do. This group of people is not united in race, but they are united in faith. These people are called, everybody said out loud, the what? The church. Everybody said again, the what? The church. In fact, did you know in the Old Testament, God predicted that this church, here's how He actually titled the church. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. You are the new thing. You are God's new thing right here. The church. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a new thing. You're a new thing on God's timetable. You're a new thing. We're God's new thing. We are the new wineskins. Isn't that awesome, guys? Now, God removed His presence from the Jews, and then He rested it on the New Testament church. But here's what He does. At the inception of the church, He gives them His presence, and it is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And there it is. He descended at the church. It's His new thing. He's putting His hands on the church. Look at your neighbor and say, this is an awesome time to be a part of the church. Just look at it and say, it's an awesome time. Awesome thing to be part of the church. And he's done this, taking his hand off the Jews and put it on the church so that we can accomplish the task that Israel abandoned. So that we can do it. And the Holy Spirit descended on the day of the church's inception and it has not left. The Holy Spirit is among us. It is upon us. And it is in us. That's an exciting thing. And not only did God give us the Holy Spirit, but God also gave us shepherds. He gave the Old Testament priests and prophets, but He's given us shepherds or pastors that can help us, that can counsel us, that can encourage us, that can teach us, that can inspire us. And so the Holy Spirit and the shepherds are equipping us to be faithful and fruitful. To shine and to share. Say those two words to what? To shine and to share. So the Holy Spirit, this new thing that God has started, this new thing that God is using, that's us. He has put His hand, His Spirit upon so that we can accomplish the job the Jews didn't. And so here's what He does. He gives us the Holy Spirit and the pastors to equip us to be able to do that. In fact, here's the Scripture. Philippians chapter 2, verse 15. They equip us to do, to be, everybody said, to be children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. There you are. That's you. Now the Apostle Paul mentioned in Romans that God did this to 
king took his hands off of the Jews, has put it on the church, has given them and equipped them to do the job that the Jews did. The reason God did it, Paul alludes to, he says, so that the Jews might get jealous. Hopefully it might make them jealous and say, hey, 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 that's, that's our job. And return to the Lord and to their purpose. Paul says that it's why God is doing it. So the period of the church age has been going on now for over 2,000 years. It's been going on for a while, for 2,000 years. But the church age has actually a maturity date. Everybody said a what? A maturity date. The church will go on until a specific time. It's a maturity date in which Jesus will come and take His church away. It's called the rapture. Everybody said out loud the what? The rapture. Eventually, the church will be caught up. It will be raptured and taken home with the Lord. Here are the verses. Jesus promised this, that He's going to come and get us. John chapter 14, verse 2. Read it out loud with me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to Myself that where I am, you may be also. So the church has a maturity date. And Jesus promised, I'm going to come and take them out so the maturity date is the rapture. Jesus promised it. Paul revealed the mechanics of how that rapture is going to take place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. Read it with me. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and with a voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. It's like that. Everybody say, whoosh, whoosh. Just like that. So if we never meet again on this earth, my precious friends, and to God we have been true, and we've lived above all sin, then for us there'll be a greeting, for there's going to be a meeting. I'll see you in the rapture some fine day. I'll see you in the rapture. So look at your neighbor and I'll say, tell him, I'll see you in the rapture. The thing about the rapture is that nobody knows the day nor the hour that it will happen. Only the Father in heaven. It's on God's timeline. He's scheduled it. He's got the date. He knows exactly when He's going to come and take us all away. The maturity date of the church. Nobody else knows the day nor the hour, but God's got it picked out. So, how do we know if we're close to the rapture? How do we know that where we are in this timeline, of if we're close to the rapture, how do we know? I am sure glad that the disciples asked that question. Because now we have an answer. So, you know, when people say, I hate to ask stupid questions. I love questions, no matter how stupid you think they are. 
Because they bring clarification. And that's exactly what Jesus did when they asked Him about this. They asked, the disciples asked Jesus saying, Teacher, but when will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And Jesus said, Take heed that you not be deceived. For many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time has drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But when you hear of wars and commotions, do not be terrified, for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. So the disciples are saying, as Jesus has been talking about the judgment that's coming, and the disciples say, hey, well, wait a minute. How do we know that we're getting close to that timeline and you're coming? How do we know? What are going to be some signs? Well, Jesus answered and He said, the first sign that we're close to the end of the church age and we're close to the rapture of the church, the first sign to watch for is increasing false teachers and teachings. Increasing false teachers and teachings. In other words, knockoffs with a false message. There's going to be more and more of them coming around. More and more knockoffs with a false message. Kind of like a, a food cart guy. This food cart guy advertised, you know, put a sign on his food cart. He said, fat-free French fries. A patron saw the sign and said, wow, I mean, is that even possible? He places an order and orders some fat-free fries. Give me some fat-free fries. Well, he was shocked when the cook pulled a basket of fries from the fryer dripping with fat, put them in a bag with the rest of his order. He said, just a minute! Those aren't fat-free fries. The cook said, yes they are. We only charge you for the potatoes. The fat is free! <laughs> fat is free! Everybody say, deceiver! False teachers make you believe that they are false free. But they're dripping with unscriptural doctrines, unbiblical practices, and extra-biblical sources. See, false teachers peddle a plethora of false teachings like charismania, date setting, Bible codes, harbingers, works-based salvation. Dominion theology. Apostolic reformation. They peddle all that stuff. Then they defend their false teachings with something called progressive revelation. That's a big word to say that they defend it by saying that God is still adding new information, new revelation that's not in the Bible. See, you'll ask them, well, where is that in the Bible? And they say, hey, listen, God is still adding. It's progressive revelation. He's still adding and still doing, and they'll even say that new thing and try to quote that scripture. They'll try to deceive you into all of those things. That is progressive revelation. Our time with you is coming to an end today on The Simple Truth. We're so glad that you joined us for Pastor Dion's teaching in the Gospel of Luke. There's much more to learn from this narrative of Jesus' life, so we hope you'll tune in again. 
If you're listening in the Española area right now, we'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our weekly services at Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Come by at 9 or 11 a.m. to spend time with us in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with one another. We also meet on Wednesday evenings for a Bible study beginning at 7. You'll find directions and more information about Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel when you visit tmcalvary.com. If you can't make it in person, you can still join us virtually through Facebook Live. Just follow the link to our Facebook page at tmcalvary.com and tune in this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to access our archive of previous teachings on various books of the Bible by Pastor Dion. Just click on sermons at the top of the page to open our audio archive or visit our YouTube page to experience the service through video. Feel free to share these links with anyone in your life that you think would benefit from hearing the simple truth of God's Word. We're so glad that you joined us today on The Simple Truth. We encourage you to read ahead in the book of Luke and discover more about Jesus and what his life and ministry means to you. Then join us next time for Pastor Dion's continuing verse-by-verse study right here on The Simple Truth. You're the one that we proclaim. We'll be fools for you as you work in us. May your power show in the deeds we sow. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together.